0: Hello, hidden gems. I am with a very important interview. We are so grateful that Nikki Brass is here with us today. Nikki, I I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here. You have such an important story and also an important message. And we're going to talk to you today about your experience going out with the Long Island serial killer. Nikki is now a stylist. She, um, is a mother. She is a stylist. You've come, um, a long way in your life, but tell us, take us back about 10 years ago or the year it was when you got to know, um, the, you got to know the Lisk, the Gilgo beach serial killer Rex.
1: Um, so I'm almost positive it was 2015 and I, at the time, uh, was in active addiction and not really thinking about my safety or well-being and i was on some fairly sketchy websites and he was one of the guys that messaged me to meet um initially he wanted me to meet him in Nassau county and i'm pretty sure directly where he wanted us to go but i i don't i didn't feel comfortable and i never would even even for like I did, you know, a Tinder date. I would never meet somebody like at a hotel or at my house. Or so I asked him if he would meet me in Port Jeff because I was familiar with the area and I felt safe over there and I knew people. So if I needed somebody, they were close by. Um, and we agreed, so we went to the steam hat. What is it? The steam house, and uh, had dinner and drinks.
0: Did you meet at the restaurant or? Yeah, yeah, we met directly at the restaurant. Um, okay. Rex Huerman is who we're talking about. I, I meant, I referred to him, uh, as the alleged, uh, Long Island serial killer. He is charged in, uh, he is charged in three victims deaths. And so this is a dinner and drinks with him. And you met him on a sketchy website. Is this um sort of like tinder but sketchier or uh, sketchier i used to use
1: sites like, like back pages escort alligator seeking like a lot of it's it's they they put it in the guise of like finding a sugar daddy or a rich older guy to date and be with um
0: but i feel like it isn't quite that you know what i mean sure and this is, this is 10 years ago. You were in, a, you were much younger. You were in a very vulnerable situation in your life. And, um, and so you, and so you chose to go out with them, but you still took these safety precautions.
1: Yeah. I even beforehand showed my little, me and my little sister are at Chuck E. T's, and I showed her a picture of him on my phone. And I was like, listen, this is who I'm going to be with tonight in case anything happens. And I always did that. Sometimes I would even send her their license plates if I was gonna get in a car, just so she knew, like someone knew, um, and yeah, so I showed her his picture, everything. I set up date, and I met him there. Uh, he see, honestly. Did, you, did
0: he use? Did he use his real name? And did he use his real photo?
1: So on the websites, he didn't use his real name, and you don't have to have a photo. You can give private access where only certain people you let see a picture of you. I had. A, I asked him for a picture and said like. Uh, can you send a picture so I know who I'm looking for? Um, And he sent a picture. I don't know. We were on one of those apps like WhatsApp or one of the ones where you generate fake phone numbers and at that time, fake names. It wasn't until we met in person and I said, hey, like, nice to meet you. My real name is Nikki. And he did say Rex, but he didn't give me his last name or anything. Um, And he also said he was divorced with kids, not married, um, which... I would expect, you know, like. Sure. And then, uh, yeah, he seemed pretty normal when I first sat down with him. At first I wasn't, I thought, oh, maybe my gut was just wrong, he seemed fine. So I, um, when we sat down, we talked about like basic stuff. He said like he was an architect and what he did for a living and this and that, and then talked to me about what I want to do for a living. Basic like little chit chat. And then he asked me if I had if I had an interest in true crime. And I actually do like, I'm, I, I'm, I know about every serial killer. So like, and then he said, well, do you know about the Gilgo beach murders?
0: He asked like, this.
1: Yeah. He brought it up and asked me. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I think everybody from Long Island knows about the Gilgo murders. Like we're all following it. We're from here, especially girls who work in that industry. Like they're, they have to take extra precaution and know, um, So he asked me if I knew about them. And then he started, like, talking about, you know, the case so far. Thing was, like, when he talked about it, it was weird. And that's what, like, gave me a bad gut feeling and made me want to get out of there. was, like, he didn't talk about it like a true crime fan would or, like, somebody who, had, you know, was really into the case. It, like, almost seemed like as he talked about it, he was, like, mentally reliving it and, like, enjoying it. You
0: know what can I mean? you can you remember anything specific that he said?
1: Yeah. I mean, I didn't talk to the cops yet. So certain stuff I'm like nervous to say in case it wasn't, uh, you know, said anywhere else. But he, so like one thing I remember specifically was when he talked about it, he said, I said, well, who do you think did it? And obviously he's not going to say me. So he was like, oh, you know, he's like, it could be Bissett, the guy the, the aquarium owner. And I feel like he said that in retrospect, I feel like he said that because the sacks that the bodies were in, the burlap sacks were traceable to Bissett's nursery farm, like nursery that he owned. And I feel like he said, he said that because he knew Bissett would be a suspect when they found the burlap sacks. Wow. So I feel like that's why he mentioned him as like a hypothetical who it could be. Um, And what weirded me out the most was that he's saying all this and being real creepy about it. And then says like, oh, I live right by Gilgo Beach.
0: Do you think he was trying to intimidate you or mislead you? What, What do you think his intention was? I feel
1: like he wanted to brag about what he had done, but couldn't but new with girls like me who are vulnerable and addicted to drugs and not likely to be believed that he could almost brag in his own way. You know, like, I feel like he, I feel like he wanted to talk about it. He wanted to be able to tell people he wanted to be able to brag and get the attention.
0: Like he was getting a bit of a, a high from Sherry. Yeah. Like he seemed, I, I
1: tell people it seemed like he had like a mental orgasm talking about it like his body language changed. He seemed like too excited to be like talking about the victims. And it didn't seem like someone who felt bad for the victims. It almost seemed like, like he he kind of thought of them as expendable people, people that didn't really matter. And maybe that's how he saw you too. Uh, probably. I think so because I feel like he talked about it. And then when it was coming to an end. He wanted me to go with him. And I was like, I had a really bad feeling. Like my gut was telling me I needed to like leave. Like I, you know, you know, when you could give a code to the bartender and they'll get you out there safely. It was like that bad of a feeling, but I didn't like go to them. I waited and I, I was like, well, you know, it's really late and I'd have to follow you and you live all the way in Nassau And he was like, Oh no, no. Like I, I wouldn't want you to follow me you would get in the car with me and i was like i don't want to look at my car in a random parking lot in poor jeff and he was like he's like no i definitely i would want you to come with me in my car like i he's like your car will be fine like he really insisted on the fact that i didn't take my car and now i think about it i'm like he probably didn't want to be on traffic cameras having to ditch a car after killing somebody
0: wow like he was thinking through he was thinking through
1: yeah so i ended up uh being like, no, no, thank you. And I called a friend and had them meet me in the parking lot to make sure I got home safe. Because I just was really nervous after that. To say the least. And what was weird was after like insisting I get in the car alone with him and insisting when I go back with him after talking about all that, that was when he said the, that he lives by the beach. Which like freaked me out even more. Like you're trying to get me to go alone with you. You the way you talked about the killings was very weird. Um. And yeah, he just it. I don't even know how to describe it. It was just. I could tell. Like I knew. I just knew. And he's a- he would
0: have been. A, he would have been in his forties. I was in my early twenties. Your early twenties. Um. Go ahead. Yeah. Do and he's a really, he's a really big
1: dude. Like he is tall and big. So like I, he is easily capable of like t- taking out small girl grow- and smaller women. Like at the time I was like 120 pounds and five foot four. So
0: was his size was intimidating, intimidating to you?
1: Was yes, his, size- to say yes. his size is like very intimidating. He's a big of course.
0: guy. Yeah. But curious, of course-
1: like, very normal until he talked about it that's when he started seeming weird. Like, he seemed like he like really badly wanted to be able to be like, this is exactly what happened. Like he tried he tried to uh, bring up like why the sacks were good to use and like just weird things that like, you don't talk about when you're just talking about true crime and the victims, like details that like, and then he was like, how do you think, he's like, how do you think they got the bodies there without being noticed? And, like, weird stuff like that. And there's something he said that I haven't seen in the newspapers anywhere, so I do want to leave that for a (coughs) detective. Plus. But uh, he said something that I haven't seen anywhere, and I'm, I'm wondering if it's true about him. I feel like it would be relevant to how he got the bodies there without
0: being noticed. Can you, I mean, I know that you're going to talk to police soon uh, and that's the plan. Um, but he implied, in other words, he gave a hint as to how he how yeah, like he the body like, without, detection, without detection, is that what you're saying? Yeah.
1: Like he, I know he knew he did talk about like how it's dark and desolate in a small private area and they don't really have police patrol over there and stuff like that. But, um, He said something about the marshes and just something that I I haven't seen. And I don't know if he owns a certain something and I don't want to say anything until I tell police. But I do think that he was trying to talk about it and tell me about what he did without being like, Oh, I did this. This was me. But he seemed like he, I feel like, like, you know, when somebody you know, the way other serial killers talk about the victims when they've got, killed sex workers, almost like they're expendable and don't matter. And they don't have family or people that are looking for them. Yeah. Dehumanizing. Yeah. It seemed like he, he didn't care. He like, kind of dehumanized the victims and cared about cared about if anyone knew, you know, like if it was almost like he talked to you to see like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain this. Like he said it in a way, like, had I gone to the police, I feel like um, they'd be like, So you sat down with a guy at dinner and he told you he liked true crime and brought up Gilgo and that makes you think he's a killer. Like, it, he tried to make it sound like if I had gone to the cops, it just
0: looked stupid. And he knew that, in other words, he knew. Yeah, I
1: feel like he knew that. He, I mean, like, if you look me up, you could very easily see, like, that I got in trouble one time and I did time for it and I was on parole at the time. So I think he went for women that he knew were not gonna have police contact and weren't gonna say anything. And he also went for people that he thought nobody would care about or look for.
0: A quick word from our sponsor, Hidden Gems. It's Lauren and Minnie have been asking where I shop. And so I am finally coming clean with my wardrobe hack. I rent most of the clothes I wear. I love having new clothes each month and I dislike doing laundry. So renting from Armoire is a win-win. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you build the perfect wardrobe with high-quality brands just for you. You take the five-minute style quiz and select items from your personalized closet delivered straight to your door in as little as two days. And then when you're ready for new clothes and ready for someone else to do your laundry, you just swap them out for fresh styles. Armoire allows me to always have the perfect outfit, and then I send it back for more. Right now, our gems can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash hidden true crime. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash hidden true crime to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Was he, um, so, I mean, so in my opinion, what he's telling you is quite intimidating. Um, As you point out, he was getting the high off of it, but it almost sounds like he was trying to intimidate you. Did he use his, other people have mentioned him using his size um, as a intimidation factor too. You said he seemed normal. He's a businessman. He says he's an architect. He's a family guy. He's big. Did no, but
1: I said the size motivated? was intimidating. Um, when I went, so when I didn't want to get in the car with him, he got very agitated. And that was what bothered me was uh, like when I met him initially, too, he came up and it feels like he almost like is very like tries to use his size and look big and make you like feel that like giant presence near you.
0: Yeah, like sort of like just overbearing um, intimidation physically as well. Yeah, like just—he didn't when
1: I was leaving stop me or do anything weird because we're in public. Um, but like, you could see he was visually agitated and like, like almost like I did all this work and drove out here and I'm not even gonna get what I wanted to do. I just don't know how to explain. Like, there's a difference between like talking about a true crime and sitting there and reliving it. Like your eyes glossing over and like trying to hide a smile and dehumanizing the victims and i'm trying to like talk about like what do you think happened do you what what do you think about this what do you think about that how do you think they did this he just really wanted to be able to keep that conversation going and keep talking about it
0: did you try to change the subject or are you more so just kind of observing and listening thinking should i be with this guy should i not? i was listening
1: because i want to (laughs) I wanted to know if he said anything that I didn't hear on the news. If he said anything weird, that would make me uncomfortable. Um, And I feel like I remember at the time he brought up, I don't know if it was on the news yet. So I, at the time, was an active addiction. I wasn't really following it anymore or reading papers or, you know what I mean? When you're in that point, you don't really care about that kind of stuff. Sure. And um, I remember him mentioning a girl from Jersey, and I felt like I hadn't heard about her yet. And that was part of what made me uncomfortable. Was he was like, What about that girl from Jersey that I'm missing? I think it's
0: connected. Wow. You know, there was another woman who knew him in a net from a networking group, and she stated that he mentioned up to 10 victims. Did he did he mention a number at all or just throw in that by no, the he way? Said, yeah, he said 10. I thought everyone knew it was 10. No. He's only been charged with three. Victims right said now with Melissa. Toddler. Even Melissa, Megan he, and Amber.
1: He said there's ten ten victims, including a toddler or baby. He did
0: mention the toddler.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He said he said um, about the ten victims and and then he said he's pretty sure there was a child too. He's like, Don't quote me, I'm not sure if I'm right about this. But he was like, I'm pretty sure there's like ten victims now. I know there was a child found, so wow. <laughs> um what really got me though was the part where he asked about how you would get the bodies there without being noticed and that part really
0: weirded me out and he mentioned marshes can you can you expand i know you're going to talk to police but could you we're we believe you we're listening to you we believe you i just don't know if like
1: i don't know if the cops need to know it first and see like check it out and see if it's true or if it is just like him trying to kind of make it seem like he doesn't actually know, you know,
0: in other words, you want to respect the integrity of the investigation.
1: Yeah. Like I, ju- I want to, I want them to be able to look into it and see if what he said is possibly actually getting rid of those bodies.
0: Okay. I respect that. And, and you do plan. I want everyone to know that um, that Nikki does plan to speak to police and she will be. Um, and yeah, um, I didn't initially, because
1: honestly, I thought like the 200 people that see my videos normally would see it and that would be it. And, you know, I didn't think cops would believe me,
0: but- um, We've we've vetted you. Journalists have vetted you. Yeah. I've,
1: I've had so many people for years that I've told this to that when it finally happened, everybody was like, oh my God, she wasn't crazy. You're making it up. Yeah. Tell us about after. So, so you had this, this date. And so. After that, I honestly was scared of even doing it again. I kind of slowly decided I needed to get my shit together at that point. So it helped you in other words. Yeah. I was, I was like terrified. (laughs) He was scary. Like I thought he he was so big. I thought that like, if I left and didn't have somebody in the parking lot, he would have snatched me up or something like i had such a bad feeling with him and i've never had that before like it was like eerie like i was like i knew i knew not to go with this man
0: anywhere so you didn't even go in the parking lot with him
1: um i'm pretty sure we walked out around the same time i'm almost positive but he saw that i had a friend in their car waiting for me and i waved And so I don't think at that point, I'm pretty sure he either hugged me or shook my hand and said, nice meeting you and and left. But when he hugged me or shook my hand, I know he was, again, still visually agitated that I wasn't going with him. Like he he made his annoyance known. (laughs) If that makes sense.
0: It does make sense. It makes absolute sense. My husband is a psychologist and we will be um, further assessing and discussing him and it it makes absolute sense
1: the vibe i got off him was somebody who if they could would have been calling those families every day talking about it or sending them letters or harassing them he'd be the one like who wants to write a letter to the cops acting like he didn't get caught like he just seemed like somebody who wanted to brag and wanted to talk about it, wanted the infamy, but also didn't. Like, he just liked the chase. He's like that no one knew it was him. And he liked that he could he could talk about it openly and not get caught without openly talking about it. Like, I feel like he was just, I feel like he's that kind of person. Like, the person that if he if he wanted to, like, he'd be the type to call a family and be like, yeah, I killed her.
0: Like, he, if he could say that without getting in trouble. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like taunting the police almost. Taunting a bit almost like you guys don't know who i am and this
1: is to him it seemed like a very like a like in my mind i feel like to him it was like a game but that he got like a you know like a thrill yeah thrill is that a good way to explain it yeah i feel like it's it was an escape from a life he didn't want
0: interesting Um, but everything else checked out. Like he's just seemed like a businessman, family man, kind of, do you feel? Yeah. But he seemed like,
1: like a businessman, family man that wasn't really happy with his family life and, and general life. Like he found it very boring.
0: Did he mention his kids at all? Uh,
1: I think he said he had a kid or kids. I'm not sure, but I know he had a, I know he had a kid or kids, but he said he was divorced. I didn't. Which usually at that time, I assume they all say that most of them are probably married. Do you know sure. what I mean? Right. I feel like uh, it's just because I don't want girls, and I know there's girls that are young and stupid out there, and I know there's women who are in position I was in that are so desperate right now to have a fix or to get the money they need to take care of their family or whatever it is that they're willing to put themselves in that situation. And like, you don't know who you're sitting across from. Like you could be sitting directly across from a serial killer. And a lot of these women are so desperate to be able to take care of their families or their addiction or whatever it is that they'll ignore their best interest and the gut feeling. And they'll meet the guy directly at a hotel room or at their house and end up sexually assaulted or we're just in a really bad position and I want women to like try to stay away from that
0: and find an ulterior if you got in the car with him do you feel like you'd be here today
1: no I didn't I know <laughs> definitely not yeah well weird
0: are
1: um, it was so weird though to say you live by Yogo Beach after talking about it all and like just so weird it's so weird And I remember him, like, so vividly. Like, for whatever reason, he was, like, the only date I've ever had that ever made me feel like that. The only date I ever went on where I knew I needed to leave immediately. Like, I've never had that feeling any
0: other time before that. You guys had dinner and drinks. Was he trying to give you additional drinks or extra drinks of any sort? Encourage you to drink? I don't
1: drink. Um, I used to, like, just to be polite, get, like, a Malibu rum or a drink but like, I don't really drink. So you can't convince me to like, you try all you want. I'm like, Nope, I smoke. That's it. Sorry.
0: So there, so you weren't drinking. No, Um, he
1: did. He did offer drinks and he was drinking and he asked like, you know, if I wanted anything, do I want more than a soda? Kind of like, he kind of found it funny that I I just wanted soda and didn't want to get drunk. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, you, you didn't get in the car and you're here today. Tell us a little bit about your life now, 10 years later. Um, um so I'm a hairstylist.
1: I'm actually really good with fashion, color and color. So, um, I have four kids.
0: <laughs> um, you're a mother, you're a mother and, a and a hairstylist. Do you have your own business then? So I do, um, I am looking to like work in a salon
1: soon when the baby is a little bigger, but I do do my own little side business and I do weddings and events and, and I want to have a THC CBD friendly high-end salon, like the first really high-end salon that's CBD THC friendly and have a whole menu of like, uh, smoothies that you could get while you're getting your hair done and they're THC or CBD infused. And they all have like purposes for your hair, skin or nails. I have like a whole vegan and non-vegan menu. And uh, I want it to be like one of those really classy kind of hip like brick walled high-end salons but that incorporate CBD and THC
0: products. That's incredible. Congratulations on your life now and where you are now um i feel like a lot of times um and you you mentioned that rex did this that he dehumanized the victims a bit and perhaps was even dehumanizing you uh finding vulnerable women in vulnerable situations um you know megan and melissa and amber and, and and it sounds like there are likely more victims um they were so much more than a escort or or a sex worker and, and is there anything you want to explain to people um about the a lot of victim blaming i've been hearing when it comes to the, these victims anything you want to share there
1: yeah i feel like even when i came forward it was automatically like former escort or escort or sex worker um And that's why women don't come forward. I bet you there's a lot of women that were in a lot more dangerous of a situation with him and were lucky to get away that won't come forward because they automatically dehumanize you and turn you into this frowned upon situation and don't include background or relevancy or why you were in that situation. It kind of, it makes it where no one is gonna especially women who are vulnerable and like most, especially like now, like it's 10 years later for me, I have a different career. Most people now wouldn't come forward at the sake of ruining their career or, you know what I mean? Because they don't want anyone to know that that's what they used to do.
0: I think that's a really important message. Thank you that we need to not judge women, not judge victims of victim blaming and to to see it, to, to see that Um, It's just so important to make sure we understand that people are so much more than an occupation or a past occupation. Thank you for sharing that. And that we, that that is a reason women don't come forward or victims come forward with information because they don't think they're going to be believed or they're going to be dismissed because of. Or the media wants to, you know, sensationalize
1: it. So the title has got to be good. So it's former escort or sex worker, Instead
0: of, like... That happened to you this morning, right? Your first interview?
1: Yeah. And, like, I I made it clear to them, like, it, this has been 10 years. I'm a stylist now. I don't want, like, to tarnish that. So I need it clear that that's what I, I do now. Like, if you're going to put former escort anywhere, put now Long Island stylist next to it. So that way, at least it shows there's, you know, it, it doesn't make it seem... I don't know. I don't like the, what,
0: the way they put it. I feel like it was very. I, I I get it. Thank you. You're you're a businesswoman. You're a career woman. You're a mother of four. You're so much more than a a past position you were in that that made you very vulnerable.
1: And I feel like like my story, people should know so they understand like why women end up in that position because like i was really young i was only 21 and like i was in college at 3.9 gpa i was in a sorority i did community service and i ended up getting hooked on opiates from a doctor prescribing them Mm -hmm. and then i ended up when he got arrested moving to heroin and Mm -hmm. when I got arrested. They decided for possession. They decided to like make an example out of me and they would have high school classes come watch when I had court dates and yeah. And they tried to give me like a B felony initially for an amount that now wouldn't even probably be a felony. Like it would probably be the lowest. Public Wow. Yeah, like, really, like, shame me. like really. Yeah. And they ended up, uh, the judge was like, I'm either going to give you 10 years or you take the the three-year flat plea deal. And that's it. I'm giving you one offer. Uh, And he's like, after that, it's only 10 years. And he was being like super hard about something that like, I ended up pleading down to the lowest felony, which is like one above a misdemeanor. And he still sent me to prison for years when I really, all I needed was like, like help. Like therapy and counseling and help and um yeah so they sent me to prison for three years and i was i was young and then i had to come out to absolutely nothing having a felony having no career skills not being able to get back into college to you graduate because they they have a question are you a felon on it and then you have to go into the felony and you have to get a felony waiver and then you have to get approved and they make it a nightmare to go back so like for years i i I would apply places and have a great interview and then they do a background check and see I had a drug possession charge and went to prison on it and they would automatically not call me. And and I waited like 10 years for it to not show up on my record, to be able to go back to school and get my styling license and start to do something different. But yeah, thank you for sharing that. 2020 basically to just be able to go to school and and do what I had to do because it followed me everywhere for that decade. The
0: pandemic was a blessing to you. (laughs) You know, thank you for sharing that story because you're absolutely right. There's a reason that men and women get into certain situations. There's always a backstory. There's always,
1: here's the thing. When it comes to my felony, I would never say I wasn't guilty. I was an addict and I was in possession of it. What you said, you needed
0: counseling, you needed help, you needed rehab and instead the situation became worse.
1: Yeah, it became, and you know what's worse is like, you do all that time and then you come out and you're on parole and I'll, I feel like a big part of parole and per sets you up for failure. Like I got in a car accident. I did. I never had a dirty urine, I never violated, never did anything wrong, I never missed curfew. I did everything they said. I was pregnant and got hit from behind and was not responsible for the accident and the judge still violated me for police contact. I'm so
0: sorry. So like I had I got I had a really like it was hard. It you have worked time. harder than most to get to where you are today. Congratulations on 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 the life you've created. Thanks. I'm really impressed. Um really. I mean that and thank you for coming forward and sharing this your story. Um, I just want to end af- after this date. You told people that you thought you'd gone out with the Gilgo Beach serial killer. I told people I was positive I did. I didn't even say I think. I was like I
1: am. Every every guy I dated from then until I was married, I was like, listen. I was like, I swear to God, I went on the date with the Gilgo Beach killer, and I would tell them about it. And I told uh, after the words, I told my little sister. I told so many people because I. Not the cops, but I told everyone I knew because I was like, I swear, I I met him. And I was like, and it was the strangest thing the way he talked about it. And I feel like everybody kind of shrugged
0: it off as like, she's just telling an eccentric story. Which means that's why you wouldn't go to police because why would they believe you too? You had no evidence, you just had a gut feeling, in other words. And not
1: only that, like I was on I was on parole I was not having police contact at all. I learned my lesson when I got in a car accident and they violated me. So like I stayed away from the cops.
0: And you showed someone you showed your sister his photo, even right? Yeah, I showed her before I
1: went. I said this guy uh, I talked to this guy from Manhattan, not from Manhattan, who works in Manhattan. Something like that, because she remembers me telling her about Manhattan. And I said, "And I'm gonna meet him." And I said, "This is where I'm meeting him." I said, this is what he looks like. And I said, "If anything, I said I'll try to get a plate number, but I didn't even see his car because he walked closer to the restaurant before. Wow. So, um, you did not see his car because he walked. Yeah. Oh yeah. So usually I would take a picture of the guy's plate, like try to be smooth about it, and send it to my sister quick but I didn't get a chance to see his. Um, But she remembers me showing her the picture beforehand and telling her about it. And then when she saw him on the news, she recognized him too. Like she knew.
0: What did you see when you saw his photo and his arrest? What did you feel? Uh,
1: Honestly, I was like, man, I dodged death like way too many times. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if there's a multiverse, there's one one in it where I went with him and didn't come back.
0: Yeah. Did he ever reach out to you
1: again? No, I blocked him. I never talked to him again. The fake number he used was probably fake and no reason to block it because he'd generate a different one. But no, I never talked to him again. I'm pretty sure I deactivated most of my profiles after that for a while and just
0: Walked stayed away. away. So thank you for being so generous with your time today and we'll be in touch. Stay in touch. Okay. Okay. Thanks Nikki. We'll see you. Bye.